Welcome to Transform Now, the podcast brought to you by robotic process automation pioneer, SSNC Blue Prism. Digital transformation has the potential to reshape the way companies service their customers, engage their employees, and manage their operations. Whether you're looking to develop strategies, tactics, or best practices to positively impact the future of work, or you're curious to see how other companies have successfully navigated their digital transformation programs, then this podcast is for you. We're here to help you transform now. Hello, everyone. I'm Brad Hairston with SSNC Blue Prism. Welcome to the Transform Now podcast. Today, I'm happy to have as my guest Dr. Lou Bockenheimer, CTO of the Americas at SSNC Blue Prism. Lou has been on the podcast twice before, most recently to discuss the ethics of automation and AI. Today, he and I will be talking about how ChatGPT will impact Blue Prism. Welcome back, Lou. Why don't you tell everyone a little bit about yourself before we dive in? Thanks, Brad. Nice to be back. So, Brad said, hey all, I'm Dr. Lou Bockenheimer. I'm CTO of the Americas for SSNC Blue Prism. Been with the company for almost five years and worn many different hats during that time. One of which was the technical head of our Technology Alliance program. So I've seen many different machine learning and AI technologies come and go, if you will, and excited to get to play with some of the functionalities of ChatGPT and see how they'll be affecting our customers. So looking forward to the conversation. Excellent. So Lou, let's start here. What, in your opinion, makes the advent of ChatGPT such an inflection point in the world of AI? I think this is twofold. On the technology side, it's pretty powerful stuff. It's not every day that technology can influence so many different areas of the world. And it makes sense that language would be one of those areas because everyone speaks a language. But I think the real issue here, the real power isn't on the technology side, it's on the publicity side. I don't remember any form of technology getting this much publicity since the dawn of machine learning when IBM Watson was on Jeopardy. It's very rare that you get this type of dinner conversation, primetime media attention to a piece of technology. And Lou, you mentioned IBM Watson. I know in your past, you actually did some work with IBM Watson. Some of the things that being said about ChatGPT were being said about IBM Watson <laughs> back when it came out, how it was going to cure cancer and bring oh, answers. Oncology. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, so I'd love to hear your thoughts or, or your observations with regard to how this relates to the advent of IBM Watson back in the day. First, help us understand where ChatGPT will most likely play a role in the Blue Prism platform. Can you elaborate on that? Yeah, happily. I think we can break this question down into two components. First, the short term, how we're going to be able to leverage it. And then the long term view of how we might be able to incorporate it. We might touch on that later, but I want to start off with the short term because that's where folks can start seeing value today. Mm -hmm. And this is when we start using chat GPT technology 
inside of existing automation technology. So the obvious example is for chat functionality and doing some form of self-service through chatbots. It's interesting you brought up the hype around Watson. That was primarily started as a natural language capability. And the cognitive computing needed to train machine learning to understand language was technological breakthrough at the time. Mm -hmm. That led to tons of chatbots coming onto the scene, really flooding the market. Everyone was interested in chatbots. They were going to solve everything. Well, as it turned out, it was really just an FAQ with a friendly face because you can only do so much if all you can do is talk. And where automation came into play was the hands-on keyboards behind the scene. Now, that's where we can really start leveraging ChatGPT with Blue Prism today. Having the ability to have those forms of intelligent conversations, extracting the intent of the human and having that trigger automations as needed. So that if you were to ask a chatbot to update your address, Blue Prism can go in on the back end and update that address in all the various systems. That's where we start seeing real power. But there are other areas too. I think that's the low hanging fruit what everyone's going to think of first. Mm -hmm. But we also have language generation. And the language generation side, you can start getting a lot of functionality out there. Think HR use cases where you can have it writing job descriptions and posting it. Think other use cases, even just within HR, having it review performance reviews or evaluations. But the area folks don't think of or generation is in IT because coding is just a language and chat GPT can write code the same way it can write in English. And there you start getting some really powerful use cases where chat GPT can use a simple natural language prompt, write me script to spin up an AWS Lambda function, and it can go and do it. The downside being, how does it know what to do next? How does it invoke those? And that's where Blue Prism added to the picture, adds that form of governance and that form of next step, if you will. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Those HR examples are, are really interesting. What, what are some other areas where you think ChatGPT is going to provide a real boost to RPA? I think the primary area you're going to see it used is within a contact center because many of our contact center customers are already using Blue Prism on the back end to assist contact center or call center agents. The traditional call center agent does their swivel chair work going from one application to the next. And often over 20 applications being used. So what we've done in the contact center space is automate all of that. So they have a single user interface. Well, that's had absolutely staggering results in average handle time. The real power now is that we have those backend systems already automated and they can be triggered from anywhere. Adding in chat GPT adds that self-service functionality where you can deflect calls forever going to the contact center, where you can just through a mobile app, use natural language to make requests the same way you would of a human being, and it will be executed using Blue Prism. 
you won't even be that big of a lift for customers that have already automated the back end because you're just calling those automations from a different front end. Mm. Another area we're seeing a lot of potential uses, actually, I just wrote a white paper on this, is around HR use cases. Because if mm -hmm. you think about HR, I already mentioned you could be doing the generation of job descriptions or performance mm -hmm. reviews, but there's a lot of repetitive work within HR that typically doesn't get the amount of attention because people don't think of it right away. Mm -hmm. And that's where we can start leveraging ChatGPT in some new ways. So let's think of some common HR tasks. For example, you can do uh, the self-service like we were mentioning earlier. Think of internal use cases like asking your HR chatbot to send you your W-2 or I need to update my W-4 and having it go and do it for you. Think of areas where you have an employee doing onboarding or offboarding. There's a lot of repetitive work there that oftentimes they're hanging HR and professionals or assistance with. That could all be done with self-service using ChatGPT as that interface. And I'm trying to get at it. There's almost unlimited tools here, unlimited functionality, because everything we're used to relies on language. So Lou, what are some risks or cautions that we need to address in the short term around ChatGPT before it gets mobilized as a full-fledged intelligent skill? that our digital workers are utilizing. Yeah, this is where, again, we're going to go back to that initial early day machine learning comparison you made earlier. Because machine learning was the darling of the tech world for a while and had some very public early fails. We can remember Microsoft's Tay going on and becoming racist quite quickly. Mm -hmm. We can also remember a bank having a class action lawsuit filed against them for having a machine learning model that would approve mortgage loans that, as it turned out, was based on historical data that was also racist. So it was denying loans to people of color. Mm -hmm. And my point here is with any new technology, you can't let it function as a black box. and You need to put proper governance and auditability around it. You need to have something watching what's going on that can handle exceptions, that can adapt to the needs. And that is, I think, where Blue Prism really comes into play. Think about the example I gave earlier about using ChatGPT within IT to do scripting. Mm -hmm. Well, that's great. But what happens when it writes a script and, and makes mistakes? That's not something you want running in a production environment, but you also don't want to have a person monitoring what ChatGPT is doing, because that defeats the purpose of using it altogether. Blue Prism can handle that. It can call ChatGPT, generate that script, execute the script within the terminal, and then monitor the terminal to make sure that nothing goes wrong. That capability should be applied everywhere you're using technology like ChatGPT. So you have that level of compliance and governance. And Lou, could you talk a little bit more about the auditability factor here? Because that's clearly one of the core kind of foundational components of RPA. 
being able to encrypt and document everything yes. that digital workers do. So when it relates to chat GPT, are we going to be able to meet that same standard or is that something else we have to figure out before we start putting digital workers into action based on things that come from chat GPT? Yeah. Most folks I've seen using chat GPT today are using it effectively as a black box. You don't know how it's generating the language that it's generating. You don't have that auditability. Mm -hmm. So what you need to do then is monitor the inputs, outputs, every other step and make sure you have auditability for every other step of the process. This is to avoid those lawsuits or potential issues down the road. That's where, again, combining it with a platform like RPA or many BPM technologies that do have that immutable audit log really comes into play because we want to make sure that as we're running these, we have the proper governance. We're already seeing some of that. We saw Microsoft practically owns ChatGPT start using it with in Bing and similar issues to what they had with Tay. So mm -hmm. their CEO already came out saying that they're in favor of some form of regulations around how, to, how it's being used. Last podcast I was on with you, we talked about the AI Bill of Rights and regulations that should go into all AIs. This is no exception mm -hmm. because we've seen it make mistakes and not just ChatGPT. You look at the larger LLM world out there. We've seen Google's Bard have issues. We've seen these sorts of things be a pattern. So if we don't have the proper auditability, you can't have proper regulations. And if we don't have regulations, we're setting everyone up for failure. Right. Lou, one of the first demos out of the gate from the Blue Prism side was developed by one of our colleagues in Singapore, Mahmoud Nasser. And it's an interesting demo. He focused it on customer refund request. And it clearly shows how Blue Prism and ChatGPT are working together. Can you talk about this a little bit? What are some components of this initial demo that are worth highlighting in your opinion? Yeah, this is, this is an interesting demo. I actually really liked it because it took an existing demo we had and enhanced it with the capabilities of ChatGPT. So over a year ago, we launched Blue Prism Decision, which is our auto ML tool, machine learning. Mm -hmm. And the demo that came out with that right out the gate was around uh, customer refunds and those requests. Okay. So what Mahmood was able to do is take that and, like I was saying earlier, take your standard RPA process and apply the front end of ChatGPT. So in this case... ChatGPT was using natural language understanding and natural language generation to function as that chat layer between the human user on the other end and Blue Prism Interact, which is a capability for humans and digital workers to interact with each other as a means for sending those messages both ways. So we really had four technologies coming together here where you needed the chatbot itself, that interface, in this case through Interact, where you could give the, the person could type in their requests and ChatGPT could provide its responses. ChatGPT, 
as a second technology, functioning as the language knowledge center, if you will, handling language both ways. Blue Prism decision, using machine learning to make the decision on whether or not to process the refund. And finally, traditional RPA, which is then taking the action to either process or deny the refund on the back end. And putting all those together is when you get to have a cohesive solution that you could bring to market. And that's a point that kind of ties together everything we've been talking about earlier, where if you want to use an LLM technology in the real world, it's not a standalone piece of technology. It's just one component of a broader intelligent automation ecosystem. And Lou, if I'm not mistaken, I believe the demo at the very end goes back to ChatGPT to use it to help write the response email to the customer. But importantly, it then goes to a human in the loop step to make sure that there is that level of oversight that you talked about earlier. So we're not just putting full faith in whatever comes out from, from ChatGPT. We are allowing a human to take a quick look, make sure it's saying the right thing and, and nothing offensive, nothing off the rails, so to speak. Exactly. That's the human in the loop component where you can type in the responses I was mentioning earlier. And then the primary customer interaction goes through email. In our ecosystem, we have the digital exchange where we serve up connectors and technologies that augment Blue Prism. What are we doing there with regard to chat GPT? I would assume that's one of the initial waves of effort that will be performed by our company to make chat GPT easy to access. Yeah, absolutely. We do have several individuals internally working on connectors for our customers. Mm -hmm. I like Austin Duke from our digital exchange team. who has been working on this pretty heavily since the chat GPT first came out. Mm -hmm. Do you also have some connectors already on there from partners that have been published? Mm -hmm. We understand that having a connector isn't everything we need. We also want to make sure that we have the documentation available, ideally in Blue Prism release formats, so that anyone can be able to build out automations using ChatGPT without previous knowledge of how it all works. We want to have it all in a single stop so that people can quickly start leveraging this new technology. Okay. Lou, as generative AI becomes more ubiquitous, how do you think this will change our strategy and approach for leveraging AI in our digital workforce? Now, this is, I think, the best question of the lot because the simple answer is we're going to start using it a lot more heavily. And that's going to give us the ability to scale out the interactions between humans and their digital coworkers. And it makes sense that now that our digital coworkers can use natural language, they'll be able to communicate with humans much more easily. And both of those technologies are looking to scale. The workforce is going to become more and more populated with automations. Mm -hmm. But also those automations are now going to be able to work with humans more and more. But that's the short term. And the long term brings us back to the first question you were asking around how 
chat GPT or LLMs will play a role within the Blue Prism platform. And earlier I focused on what folks can do today, but now I want to bring up where we're trying to go with this. And I can't go into too many details here, but we're looking to leverage LLM technology eventually to help write automations themselves because it's a time-consuming process to have human beings go through it today. Now, that's not to say we're going to be taking the drastic steps some folks online have been talking about where they're it's going to write the entire automation, run the entire automation. No, because as we've seen, it's not flawless. It makes mistakes quite often, and that's not ready for a production environment. But if we can have it write an input that then we can run through best practices and proper governance the same way we do any other Blue Prism automation, it gives us the ability to have the best of both worlds, where ChatGPT can help write Blue Prism code, write out mm. the Blue Prism automations themselves that can still be reviewed by professionals the same way they are today, similar to how we can import from process mining or task mining data bringing it through capture so we can have that controlled input following best practices, leveraging reusability so that once you're putting an automation into production, it doesn't matter how it was built using ChatGPT or anything else. What matters is that you have something that's secure, that's resilient, and that's compliant. That's really interesting, Lou. You and I have talked in the past about the general direction of automation becoming more and more autonomous. And yep. part of that was the self-programming digital workers, if you will. So writing their own automations based on inputs, maybe from process mining or other artifacts. This kind of sounds like we're talking about that space. Is that fair? Yes and no. Where our goal was pre-LLM, if you will, mm -hmm. and still is for the most part, is having automations that write themselves based off of monitoring what employees are doing today. Mm -hmm. okay, so if you do a repetitive task, you can get a pop-up that says, hey, Brad, looks like you're doing a repetitive task. Would you like to assign it to a digital coworker? Click OK, and that's done. Mm -hmm. This is different. This is for work that you might not be doing at all, where you could say, hey, Blue Prism, I would like to have an automation that does X, Y, Z, mm. and it builds itself. So there are two different inputs going into the same pipeline. Gotcha. Thank you for clarifying that. Fascinating stuff. So Lou, let's go back to the IBM Watson topic. I'd like to get your thoughts on what's different this time around. I can't remember when Watson got released, but it was a long time ago. There were people talking about Watson, like it was Skynet. It was the machines taking over and it, the humanity's timeline was diminishing. And hear that same kind of rumbling right now around chat GPT. And certainly OpenAI has done something very smart by making it available to everybody versus Watson was not that way, right? You had to hire IBM to even leverage the power of Watson. So... Tell me your thoughts. First, I don't think ChatGPT or LLMs are going to have a larger impact than what Watson did. 
the reason I say that is because yes, when it, when Watson came out, and to think of it as the dawn of machine learning, of course, machine learning existed before then, but this, this is when it became center stage. And while it didn't live up to all of its hype at the time, mm-hmm. I'd argue that a lot of what we're seeing today is a result of that. Their machine learning was very powerful, still is, but it wasn't a mature technology yet. And companies weren't ready for it. We didn't know what the pitfalls were going to be. We didn't know problems with having machine learnings train themselves on inaccurate data. We weren't ready for the governance issues. We weren't ready for how it could be applied. We were starting to see the potential, but we didn't know how to get there. Now we do, at least somewhat. We're already leveraging this form of technology in many areas, but a lot of that's because technologies like Watson paved the way. So to use a famously out of context, Isaac Newton quote, if it's come so far, it's because it stood on the shoulders of giants. <laughs> and that's very good. That's, I love that quote because it's entirely out of context because he actually was using it as an insult to a short member of the Royal Academy of Sciences. <laughs> that's funny. Anything else you want to say before we wrap up? our chat today on this topic. Just that I think this is the first of many conversations we'll be having around how LLM technology is going to be leveraged within the automation space. There's a lot of capability yet to come as now our, you know, first our digital workers had hands-on keyboards and nothing else. Mm -hmm. They could do basic tasks. Then we added in machine learning and they had hands and a brain. Well, now we've given them a mouth and ears and it's, only going to be more exciting to see as we get them to be more and more parallel to what human workers can do. Awesome. Lou, thanks for joining today. Appreciate your time. Thanks for having me, Brad. Thanks for tuning in to Transform Now. For more insightful discussions on digital transformation and more, check out our podcast channel where you'll find all of our previous episodes. And to make sure you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast player. And if you like what you've heard, please leave us a review. For more information about digital transformation and the future of work, check out blueprism.com to learn how SSNC Blueprism's digital workforce is enabling enterprise transformation now.